we won a series and we got into another series and I want you to look at Hebrews chapter 6 and verse 9. I want to thank those that shared last week. How many of you weren't here last week? Okay. Well, you missed out. Can I say? Um, I've been a pastor for, I don't know, 30 plus years, 30 years, almost 30 years. I lose track of it. But I heard some of the finest testimonies I've ever heard in 30 years. You know, when you ask your people for testimonies, and you, 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 as a pastor, you're always going, oh, my God, what are we going to hear? <laughs> well, Aunt Susie blessed me yesterday with a $5 bill. Well, God bless you. But we heard testimonies that were powerful, testimonies of provision, of deliverance, of blessing. What's that? Yeah, you can, you can, yeah, right. And uh, because that's what we're doing, we're in the process of remembering some things. So in Hebrews chapter 6 and verse 9, it says, Beloved, we're confident of better things concerning you. Yes, things that accompany salvation, though we speak in this manner. For God is not unjust to forget your work and labor of love, which you have shown towards his name, in that you've ministered to the saints and do minister. And we desire that each one of you show the same what? Diligence to the full assurance of hope until the end. Verse 12, and that you do not become sluggish, but imitate those who through faith and patience inherit the promises. As we heard uh, last week what God had done for some of the people at Harvest Church, doesn't that inspire you? Challenge you to, to, you know, quit feeling sorry for yourself. If God delivered you past, if he'll do it again. If God's delivered you today, he'll do it tomorrow. That's the kind of God we serve. One scripture says, in order that you may not grow disinterested and become spiritual sluggards. Here's another one. Quit being slothful. Quit acting like someone who's lost his enthusiasm and excitement and has now sunk into a state of being slow boring, monotonous, sluggish, dull, and uninterested. We all know people like that. There's nobody like that here, though. Well, it'd be a good time to say amen. I said, there's nobody here boring. There's no one here that's uninteresting or monotonous. Or I guess you don't believe me. We said that in 2 Timothy chapter 1, the Apostle Paul, who was just get, getting close to being, you know, executed, was dealing with young Timothy, the, the pastor, and Timothy was afraid because there was a lot of persecution going on at that time. And Paul wrote Timothy, he says, I'm putting you in memory of all these things so that, so that by your remembering them, you might stir up the gift of God that, that is in you. And that's what we're doing. We're, we're remembering what God has done for us, and what that does, it stirs up our gift. See, now, as I heard things, I had a whole list of things. I always, you're always a pastor, you've got a backup plan. <laughs> if nobody's going to share, I had some of my young leaders prepared to share. What do you, well, because some, not everybody likes to... You know, be up front of people and talk. But uh, the Apostle Paul said, 
if you remember, you know, remember, Timothy, what was in your grandmother. Remember, Timothy, what is in your mother. Remember, it's in you. And then when you go through hard times and difficult places, hard places, you can look back and say, well, he did it for me back then. He's going to do it for me now. Amen? So we need to remind ourselves that God has delivered us in the past. He's healed us in the past. He's provided for us in the past. He's guided us and given us direction in the past. And he's going to do it again. Amen. Now, in Revelation 2, you don't need to turn there. Jesus was dealing with the church at Ephesus. And that's where we got the definition to remember. In the Greek, it means a written record used to memorialize a person's action, a statute, a monument, or a tombstone. The Ephesian believers were distracted by their activities activities, and had forgotten about their early experiences with Christ. I'll guarantee you here. I guarantee you, everyone here has forgotten what God has done for you in the past. And as you know, and Pat shared something last week. Pat, I'd forgotten about that car that had flipped. That means we forget things. And we need to go back and we need to stir ourselves up. Last week, we stirred each other up by hearing how God had delivered, how God had healed, how God had blessed you. Boy, it did my faith good. We said that uh, the Ephesian believers were distracted by their activities and had forgotten about their early experiences with Christ, which we can do. We said the purpose of a monument is intended to help us remember a person or an event so it won't be forgotten. Now, there's three things in my hometown that are just a part of me. The big rock is one. That's right. You remembered. It's a huge rock, and some of you have seen the rock. I don't know, it's, it's probably about the quarter of the size. Yeah, about that size. Not that tall. But that has been there for hundreds of thousands of years. My father, when he was a little boy, carved his name. And you can still see his initials today. And for me to go there and just put my hand where my little father, when he was a little boy, carved his name in, it just stirs me up. We've got another, see, it helps me remember. When I was a kid, we'd hike to the, we would always say, Mom, I'm going to go hike to the big rock. And it was only a few blocks away, but we'd go there. And it was an adventure for us as kids because my grand, great-grandfather and grandfather had started a brick-making factory right near in the same area as the big rock. So stirs things up. Then there's another one. There's a place called Quivira Park. My mother and father met there on a blind date. And Quivira Park is right along a, a creek called Rose Creek. Have you ever heard of um, Wild Bill Hickok? Remember him? He worked at the, the Pony Express, not Pony Express, but yeah, and where the what wagon train, help me, came through the trail. Oregon Trail went right through this area. And this is where uh, Bill, Wild Bill Hickok shot a man by the name of McCandless who ran that station. So a lot of history, rich history. But near there, there's cliffs of limestone. And in, in the 1840s, Kit Carson came through with John C. Fremont, and Kit Carson carved his name, Kit Carson. It's since then it's fallen in. You can't see it. But as a kid, I'd go there, and I'd think about, you know, the, the history of that. You know, I even liked old stuff back then. Didn't even realize. 
Then there's one more place. You've not heard me talk about this place. And it's also on a, a creek called Rose Creek. And it's, it's called the Mausoleum. Which, you, the Nebraska Magazine. Do you get that magazine? Nebraska Life. It's a great magazine. But the story of the mausoleum is in there if you want to read about it. In the 30s or 40s, a man carved into the wall of a cliff where he wanted to be buried. And there's two areas in there where you could you walk in there and you can go into an inner room. There's one room and you walk into the inner room. makes you think about Jesus in the tomb. And there's into the wall, there's carved where you could set a coffin. Well, the man died, hit by a train, died, but they, they wouldn't let him be buried there. And uh, it, it's just history, things that you remember about your childhood, okay? Do you have anything like that? Do you remember anything about your childhood? I, I'd hope you have something good. Just like a grave with no headstone, a person can be forgotten. An event can be forgotten. Our memories of what God has done for us in the past can be forgotten too. So in, you know, this week and the weeks ahead, I want you to think and reflect and continue to do that. Think how God has blessed you. Amen? Memories must be deliberately maintained if they're to remain alive in our hearts and minds. Just like a plant or a tree that has to be nurtured and maintained. You've got to maintain your memories. And all of us have bad memories. Too many people... Concentrate on the bad memories. What somebody did to you 25 years ago, and they're just in a rut about the past. Let's think and reflect on what God has done for us, how God has blessed us. Forget about being hurt. Forget about being offended. Forget about what somebody did to you. I could, I could sing the blues all day long if I had a guitar. And the past how people stabbed me and my wife and kids in the back. Not literally. But in other words, came against continually, just bucking you, saying this and saying that can't be done, or you did this and you should have done it this way. I got all kinds of memories like, just like you do. Forget the past. Let's look ahead. The future's bright. It's what the Spirit said. Memories must be deliberately maintained if they're to remain alive in our hearts and minds. If significant, now listen, if significant memories are not deliberately passed on to future generations, they become lost. They become lost just like a neglected grave. My mom lived to be 95, and she died. My sister is 71 or two. She doesn't remember a lot. I have no one to go to anymore to ask about my family's past. And as a kid... As a kid, my, when my, my father died when I was 21 years old, if I'd known what was coming, I would have picked his brain about his grandfather 
his great-grandfather. And, and gotten as much information I, as I could so I could tell it to my son. This was your great-grandfather. He was a pioneer. He walked from Nebraska City, got off a steamboat, and walked to Fairbury, Nebraska, and established a land grant or a claim there. Thank God my wife has put together history books, scrapbooks of our family on both sides, her mom and dad and my mom and dad, so my boys have a memory of who they were and their, their spiritual roots. I need to tell my boys, they better, better make sure if I'm gone, they better fill their kids' ears about me. And I know some of the stories they're going to tell aren't very spiritual, but they need to know about how their grandmother and grandfather were spiritual pioneers. I want to be remembered. Psalm 45, 17 says, I will make your name to be remembered in all generations. Therefore, the people shall praise you forever and ever. See, God expects us. You go through the Bible and look at the word remember, remembered. You know, God remembers his covenant. It says God remembers. If God the Father looks back and remembers his covenant with his people, with Abraham, should we not even more so remember our spiritual background? Look at Isaiah 62. We'll go a little ways and then we'll quit here today. Isaiah 62, because I want to look at the, how the Hebrew defines the word. Remember. In Isaiah 62, in verse 6, it says, I've set watchmen on your walls, O Jerusalem. They shall never hold their peace day or night. You who what? Now, what's your Bible say? What's King James say? I don't have, I got new King James. Mine says, you who make mention. What does the King James say? What's your translation say? Isaiah 62, verse 6. You who what? Make mention. Okay, mine says make mention. Anybody... Remind, okay, that's another one. You who make mention of the Lord, do not what? Keep silent. So that word make mention in the margin of my Bible, this is what it says about make mention. This is the word in the Hebrew, Z-A-H-C-H-A-R. It means to bring into mind, to recollect, to meditate upon, to mark down, record, recall, and retain in one's thoughts. To remember something or someone is to approve of, to acknowledge, and to treat as a matter of importance. Did you hear that? I wrote this down. This is from my Bible. To remember something or someone is to approve of, to acknowledge, and to treat as a matter of importance, whereas to forget something or someone is to dismiss or abandon as unimportant. So, you know, you can forget what God's done for you, and that is basically forgetting them and dismissing or abandoning them or what they did for you as unimportant. We should not be that way with our Heavenly Father, should we? We should remember. 
It means to nurture one's care for another by continually considering that one and reflecting on him. Now, I brought, a, I brought this. You know, this is a fish pole. But this isn't just any ordinary fish pole. I can get you right between the eyes. Look at that. I should use this every week. This is a Sport King. That's the name of the reel. Brian was asking me. Sport King M9. This belonged to Uncle Gene Chizak. He was my uncle, married to uh, my mother's sister. He played football for the University of Nebraska back when then, way back. Big Huskers fan. He was a salesman. But more than anything, he was a fisherman. And I was a little boy, probably 8, 10, 12 years old. He would take me with him. And when he died, I asked his daughters, I said, I want Uncle Gene's fish pole. He always kept minnows in a tub in the basement. Just memories. I'd always go down. When I was, I didn't, even when I was older, I want to go down and look at them minnows in his bathtub. I thought that was pretty cool. And he, he was a character. And uh, all I can remember is my... Aunt Holda was her name, and she'd always go, because Jean would cuss. And she'd always go, Jean, just how she'd say it, Jean, not around the kids, not around the kids. And I always wanted him to. Always wanted to hear him, you know, just open his mouth and expletives come out. But he taught me how to fish, and he would never sit still. He'd always be moving. And we, I can, this is a vivid memory, and you can laugh at me, but to me it's important. We'd, he had his, drove a big car, had a big trunk, and I can remember parking that along some willows because we were going to cut willows for set lines or something. And he opened up his trunk. Now, don't look at me so religiously after I tell you what he had in the trunk. He had a cooler, and it was full of beer. Beer came in bottles back then about like this, and he drank Budweiser. And that's my first taste of Budweiser. Uncle Gene. That's, you know, it's his fault. I grew up liking beer. But memories. And so this hangs on my wall, and I'll go back. You know, I'll be in the basement, and we got a lot of things hanging on the wall. Our house is full of stuff. And I'll look at that and I'll instantly remember that hood going up and he going, you want to want, you want to try it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yesterday we got out of the car. I got it. We'd been gone, Kathy and I, and I was out hauling stuff in and this car pulls up and this cute little blonde gets out. She said, she kind of comes over to me and she says, I used to live here. I said, oh, really? I said, you want to come in? That's just what I said. You want to come in? Can I? And I said, yeah. And she started to cry. And she's going to her reunion, 20-year reunion. And uh, I looked at her husband, and he was eating Tasty Treat. And he did not want to come in. He could care less. And she starts to cry. And she says, I'm here for my class reunion. And I looked at him and I says, it's a good thing she came this morning and not tonight or she would have really been crying because she'd been, I, you know, trying to joke with him a little bit. 
So she came in and she went right to certain places and she went into her, Kathy said, this is your bedroom, wasn't it? And she said, yeah, how'd you know? Because she'd carved her name into the door. And then she went out the back and into the back towards the shed. She said, my dad built that. Her dad had built a lot of stuff in the basement and I did not have the heart to tell her I was not impressed with some of the things that he'd done. I just made it sound like he was a great guy. Because they did everything a little different. But the shed was built, and that was her playhouse up above. There were Caleb stores his traps now. And she'd look out, and she'd say, years ago when we were little, I couldn't do that with my kids, but I'd be gone for the day. I wouldn't let my kids come down here now. She was a helicopter mom and go down to the river. And, but she says, we did, and we were gone all day long. And she cried, and... Wow, I mean, you know, but I understood because she was remembering. It's important. That's why I brought you this today. I have things like this. I don't know what you do. I I really, some of you, your generation, you could uh, could give a flip about your past. And that's sad. Do you know who your great grandfather was? That's sad. You need to go home and ask dad and mom about your past. Do you know who your great-grandfather was? You need to tell them about their past. And granted, there's some... Yeah, go ahead. Okay. I knew that, yeah. Is there a hunger for that in you? Do you care? You don't know. Yeah. You know, I, I understand that. Yeah, right. My, right. They're gone. My mom's gone. My dad was gone when I was young. But you need to know. You need to know your past. And some of you, your past probably isn't very pleasant. But in me, there's a desire to know. I want to know where I came from. And we need to know where we came from spiritually, too. We need to know who, what Jesus did for us. We've been redeemed. The Bible says in the Old Testament, God commanded Israel to remember that they were slaves at one time. Well, we were slaves of sin. We need to remember our past, where we came from, in the natural and the spiritual. I've got a nephew... He's, how old is Corey? 38. I can remember when he was born because my father died right when he was born. And his father, he, he was adopted. And his grandfather was a dentist in Lincoln, Nebraska. And his, and his father I know nothing about. But my, my, my nephew doesn't want to have anything to do with knowing where he came from. Whatever, you know. But I'm telling you a lot of stories today, but I want you to be stirred up. No, you don't need to remember if you don't want to. But don't develop that attitude when it comes to the things of God. Don't forget how you've been blessed. 
Don't forget where you came from and who you used to be and how you were born again, filled with the Spirit of God. Now you are a son and daughter, a king and a priest, a chosen one. See yourself that way. Amen? That's important. The importance of remembering. Mom, dad, dad in World War II, great-grandfather Isaac that walked. He had four wives. He's quite the dude. He outlived them all. Here he is when he's old. He looks tired. Four wives will do that to you. Here's the house he built with his, with his own bricks that he produced. Here's my father's World War II medals. I had somebody one time laying carpet in, in my office, and they, I, I don't know, I found out he went to a bar one night and was telling how I was a Nazi. You know, there's Nazi stuff, you know. Go figure. Here's my daddy holding a golf club. He was a great golfer. Here's a bullet on a watch chain when they robbed the bank in my hometown, and my grandpa dug it out of the lumberyard where he was the bookkeeper. You know, doesn't mean anything to you, I know. But they're memories for me. They're memories for me. Why do you think Brian Lemon has a good business? He's a taxidermist. Why do people have you do all those animals and then hang them on their wall, Brian? Because I got a big fish on my wall you did for me. I shot it. Caleb missed it. I got it. Every time he says something, somebody says, look at that big fish on the wall. I'll say, he missed it. I got it. Let's stand to our feet. I had a lot more to tell you, but whatever. I don't know if you got anything out of me rambling today or not. Father, in the name of Jesus... We remember you today. We love and honor you, most heavenly Father. You're a wonderful God, a wonderful creator, and you love us with an everlasting love. You're no respecter of persons. You don't love one person more than another. And you have a plan and purpose for each one of us in this room. Yeah, some of us have made mistakes, But you're a God that forgives and forgets. And some of us today need to forgive and forget some things. But we need to remember the blessings the Father has bestowed upon us.